peanut murder conversation? Um, no, I was I was gonna bring up um, my gingerbread house. This is the first time I made one. Oh, I think I made my first gingerbread house last year, maybe. I wanted to make one last year, and then I couldn't find a reasonably priced kit. I think I was like too lazy to do all the math and calculate out like what I wanted to do construction wise for my own gingerbread house. So, but this year Target was selling them for 10 bucks and I was like, sweet deal. I'm delighted to know that you bought the gingerbread kit that we considered buying. Oh, did you? Well, cause remember Matt wanted a bigger Christmas tree. So we went to Target and while we were there, obviously I saw many things and was dragged away from many things. And one of them was me being like, oh, should we buy a gingerbread? So we might do it, but we'll probably wait like another week or two until closer to the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that makes sense. Um, I I think this one was good. Um, I think like some of the other ones that they had, like the log cabin or like the little village were probably um, cuter choices. But this one was like a very good like traditional run of the mill like gingerbread house. That's a good first gingerbread house. I enjoyed gingerbread house making and I honestly couldn't remember if I had ever done it before last year. Yeah, I mean, I might have like decorated one once as a kid, but as an adult, I would say it's like my first independent gingerbread house. Um, (laughs) I did it with my brother and my mom ate sunflower seeds and criticized what we were doing. Um, I thought it was cute. But she she did enjoy the finished product, although then she was like, next year there should be a bigger one. And I looked on Target's website and indeed they actually sell like a, a gingerbread mansion, which I guess they don't Ooh. sell in stores, but you can get shipped. For the rich gingerbread people. Exactly. Exactly. But my parents were very enamored of this gingerbread situation. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad they were able to get into the gingerbread spirit. I did also learn where I got my love of minis because I showed my mom the amazing woman on Instagram who I found last year who makes like these really elaborate gingerbread houses. So I showed her and my mom made this like gasp that I had literally never heard her make in my life. (laughs) Like she was so shook and she was like, wow, this is amazing. I love looking at this. And I was like, oh, this was genetic. Anyway, speaking of Christmas, this year the universe's gift to us was a movie that I might willingly watch again. Welcome to December's Rom-Comathon episode. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And this month we are talking about Single All the Way, the movie that we wished Happiest Season was. Yeah. So I was just, um, I was just looking it up on Wikipedia and I saw that it said like, oh, like this movie got mixed reviews, like critics praise like the the setting for like of like basically like gay characters being normal, but critiqued it for its like cheesy Christmas rom-com themes. And I was like, but this is literally what everyone wanted. Like this is exactly what people want. Like who wants like a unique artsy film? Like we just want the same old tropes recycled over and over again. I was going to say like, this is the movie of my dreams. Exactly. (laughs) Like, we can talk more about this later, but like, I was really impressed. Ultimately, like, it was predictable and it was tropey, but it wasn't too predictable. And they pulled some stuff off really well. Like, I don't know who these people are giving mixed reviews, but they're obviously not like exclusively rom com reviewers. 
I know. I also thought, like, I was a little worried because from the trailer, it looked like it might fall into sort of like the schmaltzy, like, area, like Hallmark movie type sort of situation. And I, it was much funnier than a Hallmark film. And it didn't, it didn't, it never felt like too gross for me. No, the only Hallmarky thing about it, spoilers, was the kind of like, maybe let's move to a small town of it all. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was pretty hallmarky, like just like all the setups and things like that. But the dialogue was way better. As someone who watched a Hallmark or possibly Lifetime film last night, I feel comfortable in saying this was light years beyond that <laughs> in quality. <laughs> a truly awful film, I'll tell you about it later. But oh, there was so much stuff where like it was kind of gimmicky with his family and I was like, this is going to be too much. And overall, I enjoyed, I think, all of it. Mm, most of it. Yeah, I think the movie did a really good job like pulling stuff off. Um, I think it was, I think it was done well. And I was pretty pleasantly surprised by that, but I would rewatch this. So as the Christmas season approaches, Alex just like sends me trailers and we're like, maybe this will be our December movie. Maybe this will be our December movie. And we had another one, which we mentioned in the last podcast and I've now forgotten what it's called. Was it a castle for Christmas? Was it that one that we were going to watch? No, it was the catfishing one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, shit, I also forget what it's called. Anyway, we were going to watch that catfishing movie, but then she said- That one was that one was not as good as this one. <laughs> she said, this trailer, and I was like, this looks more promising. I would rather watch this. We also decided to go with this one because it was gay, so that made it a little more unusual. So we were like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe this one. Although I must say, having a person of color in the main cast, unusual enough. That's true. But this one, I had both. True. Anyway, so I saw the trailer and I got, you know, cautiously excited because I was like, I might enjoy this film. <laughs> Although I can't remember, but I might have felt that way about Happiest Season 2 until we watched it. And then halfway through the movie, we were like, wow, I'm having a legitimately good time. And I was excited and I was going to go text you. And Matt was like, don't. Because what if halfway through the movie, they find a Vanessa Hudgens? I would have enjoyed that, though. <laughs> I know. Like, I would have enjoyed if suddenly it was like, you know what's crazy? The woman who used to own this place became a princess. <laughs> and then we were like, oh, my God, it's part of the Netflix cinematic universe. Or like she was hanging out with a guy who was a knight. Like so many possible Vanessa Hudgenses that they could have met. But sadly, they missed that opportunity. Anyway, I was very like so refreshing to watch a movie for the podcast that's like new that we don't hate should we discuss the plot please please summarize okay so michael yuri who i remember from ugly betty for my like two seasons of watching ugly betty oh um, yeah yeah so he basically runs i don't know like the social media for like some sort of shaving cream company in la and he is going to go home to new hampshire for christmas and he's really excited to bring his hot new surgeon boyfriend because his family has always bugged him about being like perpetually single but he unfortunately finds out of course that hot surgeon boyfriend is actually married so he gets michael yuri gets extremely depressed but then he has a suddenly great idea where he decides that he's going to bring home his roommate and best friend who his family loves um and his name is philemon chambers he is so seemingly new that he doesn't even have a wikipedia page but he was freaking adorable 
Yeah, he's so cute. So he is, and the roommate is a like task rabbit slash he like wrote like a best-selling children's book about his dog. So the best friend like inexplicably like agrees. Because I mean, they also like kind of shoehorn in that like he has like no family and is like happy to like tag along, I guess, and like be part of this ruse. But I this think he's ru- not that happy. Michael Yuri really kind of bullies him into it. But I gotta say that like this ruse, like I thought it was gonna last a while, but it like drops almost immediately. Like they arrive in New Hampshire, they go to his family's house, and like immediately his mom is like, I've I have a present for you. I've set you up on a blind date with this hot trainer. And he's like, Oh, okay. So like they're just kind of like, okay, yeah, we're here as friends. Like his whole family is like, okay, this is fine. And Michael Yuri goes on the blind date with the trainer and actually like really gets along with him and connects and everything. Whereas like, I don't know, Philmont Chambers just like left to his own devices, um, helping out with like his with like Michael Yuri aunts, his aunt Jennifer Coolidge's Christmas pageant, which is like absolutely ludicrous. No, no, no. First, he's just like helping around the house, putting up Christmas lights, be d- taking task rabbit jobs all over New Hampshire. And what really throws like a wrench in their like platonic friendship is Michael Yuri's nieces, like teen nieces who have clearly read like way too much fan fiction and are like really <laughs> gung ho about Michael Yuri like being in love with Philemon Chambers. And so they're like, we're just gonna like set them up together perfect for each other. And they're like really against this like blind date situation. And after a while, like, it becomes clear that Michael Yuri and Philemon Chambers both, like, have feelings for each other, but, like, don't want to ruin, especially Michael Yuri is like, oh, I don't want to ruin the friendship, like, we've been friends for so long. But he's also thinking about moving home um, because he, like, misses being near his family and everything. And he and Philemon Chambers are just, like, bonding intensely because they're helping Jennifer Coolidge's Christmas pageant, which is insane. And there's, like, a whole weird situation where Michael Yuri has to suddenly come come up with like a new Instagram photo campaign for the shaving cream that he's like working on and has to use like Philemon Chambers as like a model. There's like a whole situation. I think they sell razors. Oh, is it razors? No, but they, oh, it might be razors. No, I thought it was shaving cream. He had a picture of shaving cream. He did, but I think it was razors because when he pitches it to the hot trainer, he's being like, do you want to be in a razor Instagram ad? Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe But I don't know it. if he works for a company or if he works for like an ad agency or uh, who knows. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unclear. But basically, eventually, the Christmas pageant goes off without a hitch. Philemon Chambers confesses his feelings to Michael Yuri, but Michael Yuri, even though he's like, ooh, yes, I do like him, is like, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to, like, ruin our friendship. And also, I've decided to, like, move home to New Hampshire. And, and they get interrupted at just the right time. Exactly. And then Michael Yuri decides he's going to go out for, like, one more drink with, like, the trainer guy. And the trainer guy, to his credit, is basically like what are you doing man you're obviously in love with your roommate and um meanwhile like Philon Chambers is like yeah I'm just gonna go back to LA but before that he takes on like one more task rabbit job and he's like painting this empty storefront and Michael Yuri rushes away from his drink date to like try to find him and manages to like pass his car on the street because it's a tiny New Hampshire town and goes in and Philemon Chambers is like, this is the Christmas present I got you. I paid for like six months rent ahead of time. You've always wanted to open a plant store. A massive gift, by the way. Yeah, huge. Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like renting in like this tiny town of Bridgewater, New Hampshire is probably pretty cheap. Oh, sure, sure. Six months is probably like $2,000. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, Michael Yuri confesses his feelings and then they kiss and then they both move back to New Hampshire to start a plant store. The end. First, I'd like to say about the ending, which I overall enjoyed. One, who's hiring someone to paint on Christmas Eve? I know, right? (laughs) And it's just lucky that this adorable retiring hardware store man just desperately needs the store to be painted on Christmas Eve because otherwise it seems that Michael Yuri would have to chase him to Revere, which there's a couple of little things. First of all, one of my biggest pet peeves in all movies and television shows is when people send people texts and it looks like they've never spoken before. Yes. I did appreciate that they had a believable text message history when Philemon Chambers appears to have like bailed and is headed for the airport and Michael Yuri has is like trying to text him and I was like is there anything more distressing than when messages that are supposed to be blue are green this is like a real like Apple iPhone privilege though right here speaking indeed but what I wondered was when Philemon Chambers was looking at his phone was looking at maps it was like two hours to this like revere airport holiday inn but then when michael yuri was looking at his phone it said it was 45 minutes to logan (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know where they shot or like what was happening there but then matt was like well maybe the traffic was bad and i was like on christmas eve i don't know i mean lots of people do travel then also revere is further north than logan so nothing about this makes sense but otherwise i really enjoyed this end and i thought they did a nice job with like finding yet another spin on the failed airport chase yeah i thought it was cute but yes i was also like why does this man like desperately like (laughs) need this empty store empty store painted i don't know maybe he put out a call for a task rabbit like not really expecting to find much and then like Maybe he wants to sell for the new year. Maybe he also has no family. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Yes, but I must say that, although I I have to say we live in such a like Christmas-centric world that even if you don't celebrate Christmas, I don't think you expect to get like workers in. No, that's true. Especially I feel like in this like tiny town where like everyone seems to celebrate Christmas. So I feel like if you don't celebrate Christmas, you really are in the minority. Yes. But I have to note that when Michael Yuri spotted the rental car, I had a whole thing which so when they first hatched this plan and Michael Yuri was persuading Philemon Chambers to come with him on the trip, Matt and I were both like, if you don't buy this man this plane ticket you are a monster true and he doesn't like he's kind of like you have money you're fine no that you're right you're right yeah he's kind of he doesn't offer to be like let me pay for your plane ticket let me do something for you Philip much is just kind of like all right and michael yuri is like you're sitting on so much like money from your children's book yeah it's exactly like he's like you have savings you can afford to blow it on my ludicrous roofs (laughs) just like (laughs) it's not a problem that i'm totally ruining your vacation right I know. Not to mention that Philemon Chambers previously was basically like, I'm looking forward to Christmas by myself. And honestly, sounds incredible. And okay, it's true that like his family is dead and he does really enjoy spending time with Michael Yuri's family, but it seemed like he was also going to enjoy being in their apartment eating cookies. Exactly. But anyway, so when he chases him down and sees that rental car, I was like, hold up. Did poor Philemon Chambers also pay for this rental car? Because if not, is he able to return it without Michael Yuri? That's a good point. I don't know. Well, here's the thing, though, is that he hadn't paid yet. So maybe Michael Yuri was going to pay when they, like, went back together because you pay at the end. Oh, really? 
Yeah, because you pay like for like the incidentals and stuff. Like if you don't fill up on the gas or like if there's like an incident or something, they like add on money. So like, oh, so he probably put down a card, but yeah. Okay, okay. I accept your explanation. Um. Anyway, this horrible act aside of not paying for Philman Chambers' plane ticket, I thought their dynamic was really nice and that they had a lot of cute little like business that showed how well they knew each other. Yeah, I thought it was like their relationship was pretty believable. I had a complaint kind of like in the middle, like towards the or yeah, towards like the middle of the film where I felt like, you know, that problem where um sometimes happens in rom-coms where they're spending too much time with the love interest they're not going to be with um and not <laughs> enough time with the primary love interest. Yeah. And the other cause kind of problem. Like, yeah, and you're kind of like, I don't want to see how well he's getting along with this guy he's not actually supposed to be with, you know? Like, I don't want to see this chemistry. And he was having, like, such a good time on his dates with, like, the trainer. They were cute. Like, I was like, I, what, but. <laughs> I know, I was, I was like, I'm also into this situation, but I was kind of like, when is he going to spend time with his actual love interest? But then the movie did, like, rectify that situation, so I was appeased. Yes. Although I have to say about michael urius original plan how was he planning to pull this off because he says to philemon chambers he's like it'll be the greatest christmas gift for my parents and i was like only if your whole family is dying like how are you going to explain not bringing him home next year or the year after or the year after that like you're just giving them the gift of future disappointment well, yeah, but I think he's only thinking about one Christmas at a time, you know? Like, maybe he's hoping that by, like, next Christmas he'll have, like, a real boyfriend that he'll be able to bring back. And he'll be like, oh, we just didn't work out, but we're still friends. Like, you know, and then, like, here's my new boyfriend. I guess. I was just like, this is a real lack of foresight. And I feel like if your family really loves Philip and Chambers so much, every future Christmas is going to be a disappointment now unless you keep this ruse up forever. Well, I also don't think Michael Yuri was aware of how hard his father and nieces shipped it. So, you know. <laughs> I loved dad. I mean, I loved mom. I loved dad. I loved basically the entire family except sometimes the nieces. The nieces were a little bit too meddling for my taste yes there were times when i was like i could really do without them otherwise this film is perfect but they did have a few nice moments as well yeah i just felt like they were given a little too much free reign and sometimes i was like i don't know i feel like adults should be here (laughs) (laughs) i also like even by the i'm usually pretty good but even by the end of the film i was like i don't know any of these kids names Oh, yeah. I also couldn't... Couldn't really tell the nieces apart. The The little boys, I don't know their names, but one was much bigger than the other. Exactly. That was the only reason I could tell them <laughs> apart. I was like, oh, it's the older boy and the younger boy. Okay. Exactly. I think one of them was named Sam. I accept your theory. Oh, I see on the cast list that the other one was Simon. Oh, okay. Simon and Sam. What were the girls' names? The girls were Sophia and Danny, but like gun to my head, I couldn't have told you which was which. Oh, no. God, no. No, I have no idea. I can't even tell you. One of them played a donkey in the Christmas pageant and one of them played Mary, and I truly don't know which one. No. Also, they were just like a little bit too close in age. Yeah, they were the same character. Yes. But in order to meddle, you have to have like, I guess, like multiple people. So like they were like, oh, let's just make this like this role that could be played by one girl into two girls. But like they were essentially the same person. Having been teenagers, though, let's be honest, if it was just one girl, it would just be her on her phone sulking for the entire film. That's true. Not fun to watch. But realistic. But I had a great time also with this film seeing cameos from uh, minor actors who were on Schitt's Creek. Oh. Um, there were many or 
I don't know about like many, many. There were at least two. Why was it so Schitt's Creek heavy? Um, I don't know. I was like, did they film in Canada? Like, I had no idea. I was like, is there a relationship with the writer or the director or... I have no clue. I was just like, I don't know. Like, Schitt's Creek is gay. This movie is gay. Like, I don't know. We're terrible podcasters who have done no research. Yeah, that's okay. We have no fun facts to present. But you know what? We never claimed that this was a research-heavy podcast. No, this podcast is not meant to be informative. Anyway, a couple... Other things about the structure of this movie that impressed me. One is I was unsure, like, you know, when you meet a boyfriend at the beginning and you're like, obviously, this is about to crash and burn really quickly. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, oh, I'd love to come home with you. I was like, how are they about to ruin this relationship? And ultimately, I was impressed with how they pulled off that reveal. Like, I did not see that coming. I kind of forgot what I had seen in the trailer. So I was kind of like, oh, is he just going to back out? And then Michael Yuri is going to be, you know, like I was just like, oh, is he in the trailer? I don't remember this. No, 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 no. I, I, but I remember there was like sort of like a blind date, like setup situation. So I knew that like wasn't the guy. So I was like, how are they going to get rid of him basically? Yeah, I didn't know that he was going to start the movie with a boyfriend. So then I was like, how are we going to so quickly get rid of this boyfriend? I know, I know. I was expecting him to have have another boyfriend i did not expect him to be married to a woman yeah i thought that he was just gonna like spook or like not want to come home with him or dump him or not show up at that party which would be you know expected but then what happens if for those who i guess haven't seen this movie and don't mind being spoiled is um philemon chambers is on like a task rabbit job with a super chatty lady and then her husband comes home and it's the guy but here's the thing this guy has agreed to go on vacation to new hampshire with michael yuri how was he gonna pull that off well it's possible that he agreed in that moment and then later he was gonna be like oh i'm sorry i actually have so many surgeries i can't get away oh sure i guess i was just like is he gonna tell his wife he's at a christmas conference like is he gonna make her also go to new hampshire like i want to see the movie about how this closeted married dude is pulling off this vacation it's also possible i mean i really think christmas conference was out of the question though based on the fact that this woman hired a man to put christmas lights on her house oh sure like her commitment to christmas was too much you know, like it was it was gonna it was too meaningful a holiday for her. Can we also talk about the fact that Philemon Chambers is a Christmas wizard? Truly. Every we see him put Christmas lights on, I don't know, two or three houses. Yeah. But like when he puts them on Michael Yuri's parents' house, it's like a Vegas strip of Christmas. I don't know how he did it like just himself in one day. Well, it kind of seems like he's been task rabbiting for like a while, so like maybe he's put up many, many lights. He is a genius. Yeah, he knows all the tricks of the trade. I was like, was this film sponsored by TaskRabbit? Like, what (laughs) is happening? I heard the word TaskRabbit so many freaking times. Or Handy Bunny, as Barry Boswick says at one point. (laughs) Yeah, so I like that reveal. And I also, like, I guessed, you know, whatever, a third of the way into the movie, or whatever, that it was going to end with them deciding to move to New Hampshire together. But I didn't expect them to sort of actually have him say it like halfway through the film and have that cause sort of like friendship conflict. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But I have to say, did you think, I mean, obviously, 
this is why we're watching the movie. But like, did you think that they had feelings for each other? Because honestly, when the girls got Philemon Chambers to admit that he had feelings for Michael Yuri, I was kind of surprised because I was like, I don't think that I would have thought this was true, at least at the beginning. Yeah, about like halfway through, I was like, this is still feeling like, like, I know they were gonna end up together. You know, I was like, obviously, but I did feel like it felt very like friendly between the two of them. And then they really like kicked it up. And like, we got a lot more of like them kind of being into each other. But I could have done with a little more longing um, or like gay yearning um, yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I had that reaction when he first admits that to the teens who have like taken away his ladder. But then later he says like i don't think i really knew like until you said that about moving oh so i was like oh Mm. okay like i guess i kind of buy that then he had that realization for some reason it's easier for me to accept that michael yuri has been on and off into film and chambers and i'm not sure why like whether it's just because it's established that film and chambers has usually been in relationships while michael yuri hasn't very successfully or if it's just because um, he came up with this, you know, cockamamie scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I too was like, I don't really, I'm not really sure if I believe this. But you know what? I feel like it was probably a case of like the screenwriter having to like revise some emotional beats and then it like didn't quite <laughs> totally match up. We know what that's like. So like, sure. <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, you kind of lost the emotional thread of this, but okay. But it picked back up. Like I, I believed it by the end, you know? Oh yeah. I didn't like, it didn't bump me. Like I didn't, Basically, I think maybe it was also that from the trailer, I had the preconception that Philemon Chambers would develop feelings in New Hampshire, which I think was basically what happened. So I was just caught off guard when he said to the girls, like, yeah, like, maybe I am. And I was like, since when? How do you know? Can we say their LA apartment was enormous? (laughs) I was very like, what? Yeah, in this COVID time, he could have had his plant store right there. I know, right? Plant stores are really taking off. They're really nice. He had so many freaking plants. It was actually very funny because we have at least one friend who during COVID became a plant person. And uh, that was what I thought of when he was there being like, hello, Janet, you were my first plant. I forget what the plant's actually called. I'm just Judith. Ah, there you go. Um, No, one was called Judith. The other one was called like Lisa or something. I can't remember. I don't know. But I don't know why that stuck in my head. Judith stuck in my head. I think I had a note that was like, he's a plant gay. It was cute. I know. It was really cute. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I wish I was a plant gay, but tragically, no. <laughs> I also enjoyed that Michael Yuri and Philemon Chambers' origin story was fake dating. I know. I thought that was cute. I thought that was such a cute story. Yes, it was an adorable detail. And I also found it very realistic because I think it's very true that when you meet people when you're both new in a city, there's like so much a better chance of becoming friends. Yeah, I wish I could have seen that though. Although I must say that every time they were like, Nick's my oldest friend or whatever, I was like, it's been like eight years, but I guess our perspective is skewed. But this happens all the time in films. Like people are like, this is my best friend. And you're like, but you've known me a hot second. I will say that I was watching, I was catching up on the sex lives of college girls today. And like, there is one character who's basically like, yes, you're like my best friend. And she's like, really? We've known each other for six weeks. This is sad. Oh no. And I was like, uh, yep, yep. I enjoyed this. These people do exist in real life. I must say. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't get it. Hang on to your friends, people. It's nice to keep friends. There's so much less you have to explain if you've had friends for a long time. 
You know what I really had a good time with, though, was um, Michael Yuri's mom's penchant for signs. Oh, my God. The signs. <laughs> There's so many signs. And I I liked it. I liked that little joke. In general, I felt like I really bought his family's, like, crazy little gimmicks. Like, it wasn't too movie-y. Like, it was, but I was able to get on board. Like, I liked their little gimmick with the Days to Christmas sign that everyone kept, like, chaotically changing. I liked their, like, weird traditions, like his sister being like, so why do we still have to wrap presents here? Good question! I really enjoyed the whole scheme where they snuck out their mom's plastic Christmas tree for a real Christmas tree. I thought it actually felt like a real family conflict and like a real family like gimmick sort of situation. Yes, I liked everything about that. I felt like all of the relationships had a sense of history in the way he talked to each like sister and husband and whatever. Yeah, I guess maybe not the younger sister, like that wasn't so much because she wasn't really on screen for that much time, but definitely with like the older sister. My favorite thing about that Christmas tree thing is that like, we were like, oh no, like we don't want Kathy Najimy, his mom, to be sad. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But then when she comes in, Michael Yuri like is so ready to go, like he is working his mom. And he's like, and actually James, the hot trainer, picked out the tree himself. And then mom is like so happy that she's like totally over the tree thing. And we were like, well done, sir. Except she does complain later. She's like, she's like, Peter said that he was going <laughs> to clean up all these needles and look who's cleaning them up. And I was like, well, that feels very real. That was a very sweet little moment, though, with the teen girls, because they're there and they're being like, well, it's just because he's on the date with the guy that you wanted him to go out with. And she's like, I know, like, I just wanted to complain. And the kid's like, I get that. And she does like a little like tousle or something. There were a lot of like small family dynamic things that I thought were really nice. I think we've just watched so many movies where everyone is awful and wooden and seems like they couldn't possibly be related that like having any kind of family moments was like very delightful and refreshing. Let's give mom and her insane signs and her holiday specific drag name Christmas Carol her due. She was wonderful. Kudos to mom. Um, We still haven't talked about Jennifer Coolidge. (laughs) Does Jennifer Coolidge ever play anyone other than Jennifer Coolidge? I thought you were going to say anyone normal, and I think the answer is no. It's wonderful, because this woman has consistently played the same person in every film I've seen her in. And I'm fine with it. No, me too. I think that's how she gets away with it, because everyone's like, yep, that's all right. One of my favorite things was when she was kind of being like, the gays are survivors, and for some reason, they're always obsessed with me. That was one of my favorite lines. I must ask, though, why was Jennifer Coolidge, like, dressed as Glinda during the pageant? I have no freaking clue. Well, I mean, she did decide that she was going to take everyone's lines because no child could be trusted with her pageant script. So maybe that was it. Maybe, but there's no reason. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, like, the, the pageant was very classically, you know, Love Actually and other such movies where you're like, what does everyone wear? Sure. Sure. Do they still do a lot of Christmas pageants? Because this is a thing that features heavily in Christmas films, but I have never seen a Christmas pageant. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm hanging out with, you know, white people, I'm just kind of like, had a lot of Christmas traditions, huh? So I I think that they probably do exist and you and I just have no relationship to them. (laughs) Because the other thing is like we grew up not only, you know, in non- christmas tradition families necessarily but like 
or like not only did we grow up primarily with a very secular immigrant Christmas situation, but we also didn't grow up around a lot of really Christian people. Yeah, we grew up a lot of, around a lot of Jews. So um, I, I don't know, Christmas passions just weren't particularly big. Yes, I think it was about half half, but like everyone was lapsed in whatever they were. Yeah. So I don't know. So who's to say? But I'm glad that Jennifer Coolidge was there, and I'm glad that they got to showcase how extremely gay a movie this was by mentioning um, the actress who played Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors, and that Jennifer Coolidge seemingly found love or maybe a fling with that snowplow guy. I, I know. I was really charmed by that. So there were, we've talked about so many things in this movie, so many highlights that we enjoyed. Um, what were some of your favorite standout scenes? Um, and what were some of your least favorite? Um, my problem watching this movie was that I was so emotionally unprepared for a film where I would like more than three lines. And so I felt like I had written down the entire movie and I had to really pare down. So I'm not sure if these are actually my highlights, but here are some highlights. The scene where mom introduces Michael Yuri to the hot trainer is so delightful to me. Mm-hmm. Because mom is a classic, like, my son is perfect. And he's like, and, and she's like, my perfect son, Peter, he's an Aquarius. What happens now? Like, she's like, basically about to go on the date with them. And then later, uh, he's with the hot trainer. And the hot trainer's being like, your mom talks about you all the time. And he's like, I'm sure she does. I'm so sorry, basically. That was very cute. And I also like later when the sister's being like, Peter's a 10 in New Hampshire and mom is like, so offended. <laughs> um, I did I did really enjoy that line where they were like, he's a 10 and Peter is a 10 here. <laughs> I loved that dad was like getting in on the lingo and that early on he seemed to be the only one who was like kind of on the wavelength of the movie because he sees that like Philemon Chambers is like a little upset but like not really ready to deal with it and takes him away to the garage. But then he's also like the instigator of the photo montage that kind of leads to them having like really active romantic chemistry. And when that happens, he's being like, take pictures of Nicholas. He's a 10. And I was like, um, I love dad. Um, but I also love that Philemon Chambers at that point was like, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I have something to do. It needs to be done. I'm going to do it. And I was like, you're cute. Who is he? He apparently he is a classmate of Michael Yuri's from Juilliard. But he hasn't really been in anything. Wait, what? I know. I'm about I know. that. I saw that from like Wikipedia or something. I know. Meta movie. Let's go. I really enjoyed the montage of them working on the pageant um, when they're kind of like developing feelings for each other. That I thought was very cute. I enjoyed, I don't know, I enjoyed a bunch of stuff. I like enjoyed that like we, that like gay photo shoot in the beginning. I thought it was pretty funny. It really set the tone for the movie. Do, wait, do you feel like his coworker is the adult version of Jonah from Never Have I Ever? Yes, 100%. Until you said this right now, I did not clock it, but you are correct. <laughs> he looked so much like him. I'm sorry, please go on. Is that him? I assumed that it wasn't the same person because, like, Jonah's in high school, so he's probably, like, 20, 25. And I think that I assumed this person is, like, at least 30, right? I don't know. Sometimes in LA, it's just, like, really hard to tell. Yeah. People are like, I can play, you know, from 18 to 40. It's fine. 
Anyway, yes, I enjoyed that situation. I enjoyed their like romantic confession at the end, shockingly. Yes. Um, and I I enjoyed a lot of like the family stuff. Um, I enjoyed like the whole like his sister's like r- thing about the wrapping paper. Like, why do they have to wrap presents like all together? I enjoyed when his crazy sister is w- like. So basically, what happens is at the beginning, it's just the teen girls and like kind of dad who are like, um, he should obviously be with his friend but then like the whole family kind of gets on board and it becomes like sort of like a round table scheme heist situation practically and at one point they call their mom the crazy sister who like she and her husband own the local pub and she like aggressively interrupts his date with the hot trainer and i thought that scene was pretty funny because she's basically being like i can't remember what it was exactly like a barbie baywatch rescue cruiser was involved but she's basically like and now we have climate change because of peter and i was like this was pretty incredible um and even the sister who like didn't play much of a role at the end everyone is so happy that they've gotten together and there's like a brief shot of her crying and i was like honestly like i buy this whole lunatic family i know i mean it does require you to buy into the idea that this this group of people are so obsessed with like michael yuri's like <laughs> singleness but like okay like what if he was ace man but you know i don't know maybe it's a cultural or small town kind of thing because i gotta say like i spoke to matt's grandmother the other day and she was like i just don't know if i'll live to see this boy married like i may be paraphrasing but like that's basically that was her vibe oh my god (laughs) like i am paraphrasing but not a lot well no but it was just because she was like he's 31 as if he was like practically in the grave by the way, speaking of like anxiety about being single, the um there was a scene that I liked around like 10 minutes into the movie that I can no longer remember because so much stuff happened after it. But it's a run where Michael Yuri is like basically just talking, I think, where he's basically being like, well, the all you can eat buffet of like gay men in Los Angeles hasn't exactly helped. And then he rambles on to whatever. Um, and then I think that ends with him having the brilliant idea to make his friend lie to his parents for a week and a half. And I thought that was a good run as well early on. I don't know. Too much of this movie was good. I know. I think we've like just nattered on for 10 minutes about like the scenes we enjoyed, which I I, I eventually realized I was listening to the whole film. So I was just kind of like, all right. Yeah. Was there anything you you didn't like aside from we've talked about like we thought the nieces were a little too much? Yeah, like they had some good moments, but otherwise, oh, and I greatly enjoyed like that. That semi-foreshadowed, like, Britney dance party did get me. But, um, I don't know. It was mostly stuff with them. Like, during that dance party, when they went and told Film and Chambers that Michael Yuri returned his feelings, I was like, no, this is not cool. No good can come of this. And it's contrived. But otherwise, I don't know. Did you have complaints? No, I really didn't. So... What were your favorite? I know you wrote so much down, but, like, well, you I, I paired. I paired, but not enough. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's say you get two lines. Okay. Well, now there's going to be a long pause while I choose two lines. It's okay. In this pause, I will explain that listeners might hear a little noise from my background because my cat is now snoring. So um, she can get quite loud. Okay. Well, I think my actual favorite line is probably when he's on the phone dumping the married guy and he's like, no, you know what? I'm not going to judge whatever journey you're on. It's just not what I'm looking for. And I hope you never do it to anybody else ever again. (laughs) 
But there were a couple other little ones. Like I liked whenever uh, he and Philemon Chambers were kind of arguing about their fake relationship, even though they had like never gone through with it. Yep. Um, and I liked when the hot trainer and Michael Yuri have this conversation that, you know, just kind of sums up every movie we've ever enjoyed, which is Michael Yuri goes, don't you have one of those friends that everyone assumes is your boyfriend? And the hot trainer's like, no. But this is what we want from nonsense films. Take note, happiest season. Indeed. Also, I have to say this. When I don't honestly remember who it is is talking to dad. I think it's probably Philemon Chambers where he's talking about like HGTV or something like that. Yes. That's actually my favorite line when his dad is like HGTV. Like, does that stand for like something like homosexual something something? And then he's like, is it is it porn? And Philemon Chambers is like, I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah, he says kind of. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That was probably my favorite line. I also did really like when Jennifer Coolidge was like, the gays are all obsessed with me for some reason. Yeah. I also like during the pageant when, um, this is such a cheap one, but like when it's like Mary went like blah, blah, blah on a donkey and then a camel comes out instead. And I think it's Jennifer Coolidge goes like, Mary liked camels and donkeys. <laughs> hey, you know what? It works. The joke worked. Yes. I also, this isn't really, I, I don't, wouldn't call this a favorite line, but I did have a soft okay. spot for this. Sorry. You, you get to say this one more, but now, then I have to cut you off. I will stop. I'll just stop. It's fine. You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, okay. I will say the one thing about the film that I could have done with a little more of was people of color. I did really appreciate that, you know, <laughs> Philemon Chambers, like the other love interest who got so much screen time, actually. There like, was he wasn't. No one. I know he wasn't like shunted off or anything like he was great and they did him I think they did a really good job with his character you know he was so cute and but he was legit like the only person I mean I know they went to a tiny ass town in New Hampshire come on uh yeah it was pretty much just his family that they were spending time with so I kind of get it but like it was like Nick and the Indian man at the hardware store. I saw like one black girl, I think, who was like in the pageant. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Your family lives here. <laughs> I know part of the thing when like Michael Yuri was like, I'm thinking about moving back to New Hampshire. I was like, no, man. How could you get your black boyfriend to come back to this place? I know. One of my friends recently moved to exactly this type of small town in New Hampshire, and she at least is white, but she is gay. And I feel like she's like, I'm clearly the godless lesbian in this neighborhood, and I just don't know how that's going to work for them. But I have to say that her stories about her like small town life have been quite funny and at times harrowing not like in terms of stuff that's happened to her but like she has like a nosy single dad neighbor who like basically immediately showed up on her doorstep and told her like everyone in town's dirty laundry oh my god that's so funny well i mean we didn't realize exactly how much our neighbor like paid attention to us but recently when our neighbor like came over to like talk to me or something i was asking him some stuff and then he was like yes and this and this and this and i was like you're really paying attention to our yard huh greg yeah this is probably like a town of aunt petunias <laughs> yes yeah, seriously and you know you're like i don't know why this family is so obsessed with michael yuri being single they have nothing else to do yeah like, nothing to do but make signs and talk about their brother. That I, I'm not so keen on with, like, the, you know, that, that was obviously, like, nuance they didn't get into in the film. But I was like, I don't know. This is, like, not a great situation for Philippa and Chambers to, like, move into. But okay, fine, whatever. But also when they were having their adorable sort of emotional denouement where Matt, like, 
Matt may have cried, was like... Oh my god, that's so cute. He was very excited. I don't know why. Like, I was having a great time. And I think I wrote down like, oh my god, a genuinely good great gay rom-com, I could cry. But I didn't. That's so funny because you're the one who usually cries. Not at this kind of stuff. No, that's true. I, maybe with rom-coms, like, you can kind of see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you, like, don't, you don't usually cry, like, with, like, the rom-com stuff, but everything else, you're just, yeah, like, Yeah, it's just really, like, constantly. is yeah. a miracle I haven't just shriveled up and died. But anyway, <laughs> when they were having that, you know, love confession, like, blah, 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 whatever, Matt was like, wait, where is your family having, like, I guess forgotten about the beginning of the movie? And I was like, oh, like, they're dead. And... Matt was like, oh, good. But now he's just like alone in the sea of white people. This seems to be a small town that's like unrealistically cool with gay people. So I guess it's fine. But it, they, they're they going to be very isolated from their community based on the hot trainer's experience. I know, right? I don't know. I can't even. Maybe they can take like lots of day trips to like other places. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, just drive on down to Northampton and P-Town and hang out. Vermont. I was just going to say, did you think they were rich or was it just because they lived in New Hampshire? I did think that they were, I thought they were upper middle class. I didn't think they were rich. It wasn't like a happiest season situation where clearly like the family was like fucking oh, like I rolling in money. how rich they were. That was like a CK Dexter Haven situation. I went and like rewatched some of happiest season like for Aubrey Plaza. Um, and I was... I, after this movie, I was honestly like, this film, like, these people are horrific. But, like, I, yeah, like, they're incredibly rich. They did seem, like, more normal, but their house was really big. Yeah, Matt was kind of like, look at this house. They have sign money. And I was like, I mean, I don't know where in New Hampshire they are. Maybe real estate is cheaper. But mom clearly has time on her hands, so she's, maybe she's retired. Well, I mean, they're not, they're not paying any taxes. Sure. You get to save your money for the house. Yeah. Um, so what would you rate this movie? Well, I went back and looked at some of our old ratings because the last new movie I remember us liking was maybe Set It Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of looked back and also at a couple of our reviews of movies that had come out sort of like in the moment as we were doing the blog and Set It Up, we gave like a nine. And I think I probably liked this more. Ooh, I would say maybe like a 9.5. I was also going to say a nine. So that seems about right. Like 9, 9.5? I think maybe 9.5 because we didn't really have complaints. And so that would be like on par with, I guess, The Big Six, Sweet Home Alabama. I'm just I'm just looking at the blog now. It's like if you take away those some of the moments with those teenagers, it's like a 10. I know. Yeah. So I would say 9.5 out of 10 Task Rabbits. 9.5 out of 10 Christmas Carols. Ooh, good one. Uh, 9.5 out of 10 Jennifer Coolidge's. We didn't even talk about this, but 9.5 out of 10 LGBTTTTTTTs. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, yeah. In conclusion, guys, you got to watch this one. It's really good. It's cute. I'm just like more and more upset about Happiest Season the more I think about it. Do not. After watching this one, go back and watch Happiest Season because you will be like, oh my god, these people deserve nothing and should all drown. Except for Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy, and Aubrey Plaza. And Jane, the sister. I forgot about Jane. Where does that one take place? Can we have a crossover? 
Uh, where does this place? They're in Phil. They they're based in Pennsylvania, so they're living in Philly. So yeah, could 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 be close. Uh, maybe not that close, but all right, I'll think about it. Also, if anyone out there wants to write the meta movie about Michael Yuri and his classmate from Juilliard, please, please do that. I have no idea if either of these people are like married or something in real life, by the way. So just kidding. But well, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are happy to close out 2021 with all of you dear listeners have a wonderful holiday season and we will see you in the new year um you can follow us on social media and we'll talk to you soon Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.